You're listening to the OVW Podcast. I'm Brian Hines, and you're not. And I'm Jack Minokes, and I'm better than you, and you know it. <laughs> so how did you get into wrestling? What was your first wrestling memory? How old were you? Uh, what was it that drew you to what we're talking about today? So I was not allowed to watch wrestling. This is one of the many um, kind of prohibitions that my mother laid down on me uh, inside of our house growing up. Uh, I think she wanted to keep me clear of anything that she viewed as generally rednecky. So like I wasn't allowed to be in the Boy Scouts. Like, what? Uh, yeah, like I really want, I, re- I wanted to build one of those cars so bad. I'll tell you what, like I want, I wanted to, I wanted to win a Pine Box Derby so bad, but uh, <laughs> I want, like, I just like my mom kind of, and to her credit, to her credit, did not want me to be a product of, the place where I was at. And I think that wrestling kind of made that list of, of things that were prohibited. And also I think she just didn't like it. I don't don't think she wanted to watch it. Sure. It's not for everybody. And if I know from experience, if you've got a son and they're really into this show when they're younger, you are going to spend a lot of time watching that show. So it's important as an adult looking back now that you enjoy it too. So I, as far as that goes, I can understand where she's coming from. Because but there have been things that I really didn't want to watch, but li- sat through several. Times. Little to her no- little to her knowledge, um, her getting me into like Andrew Lloyd Webber only would intensify my love of wrestling as I found out about it growing up. Um, oh really? How so? <laughs> well, just the the. I, she was very comfortable with me being into theater and theatrics and storytelling and uh. like uh, you know storytelling with your body and then when I found wrestling as an adult uh it really was kind of this this blockbuster moment this kind of bomb went off where I was just like this is everything that I love about entertainment this is huge characters you know, these guys are rock stars when they walk out there. I came from rock and roll. My rock and roll was probably my first true love. These guys are rock stars when they came out there. These guys are bigger than life. These guys are, you know, who you want to be. In the, like, to borrow a term, like one of the oldest terms, all the girls want to be with this guy. All the guys want to be this guy. Like, I just fell in love with it. I didn't really start watching wrestling until I was about 25 or 26, and... I was playing in a band at the time, and the bass player, me and him, wrote a lot of the songs together. And so much of his his viewpoint of entertainment in general and life in general was wrestling. So when he sat me down and showed me a handful of matches, the um, Tully Blanchard, uh, Magnum TAI quit, the Taker versus Mankind, Hell in the Cell. Yeah. Um sean versus um stone cold wrestlemania uh like so many of these things that he was trying to explain to me in terms of being like a partner in entertainment he was able to show to me in wrestling and i mean i just never looked back i'd always kind of had this curiosity about it because as you do when you're not allowed to watch something or you're not allowed to consume something as a child you always are a little curious about it oh sure and, and then my curiosities of it just really, I just took, I just took them and ran with them. I mean, I didn't, that was probably six or seven years ago and I've never 
looked back on being a wrestling fan. I just, I just fell in love with this thing head over heels um, and unabashedly. But I know that your story is a little bit different. Yeah, I, uh, I go back a little bit further than that. I found wrestling when I was nine. So that would put me in the early 80s. We're talking Mm -hmm. my world at that time was G.I. Joe, Transformers, Masters of the Universe. Mm -hmm. Had all these toys, especially He-Man, you know, larger than life, big physiques, good toys. Uh, Had a great time with these. And, you know, Saturday morning was filled with cartoon imagery of all of these things, which were thinly veiled commercials to go get you to go out and buy these toys so you could go home and you could have your own adventures. But towards the end of the Saturday morning programming, uh, I was flipping through one day and I found wrestling. I found the NWA. Yeah. And I found the WWF. And that was right about the time of the first WrestleMania. And that was it. I was totally sold hook, line, and sinker on the whole idea, just like you were. These guys were rock stars. Yeah. They were the coolest. And you wanted to be yeah, just like Yeah, them. like, I wanted to be David Bowie until I figured out who Ric Flair was. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like that's, that's, that's very much, and, I mean, especially you're, you're mentioning these kind of, like, over-the-top, like, masculine physiques, this, like, kind of um, unabashed sense of, like, right and wrong uh, that Saturday morning cartoons in the eighties were really all about. And then you see it happen in real life. Right. Yeah. And that must've been as a child, that must've been like a life changing experience. Oh yeah. I mean, it was right about the time where, you know, cartoons were still good, but they weren't quite as good. They Mm -hmm. didn't quite pack that punch like they did six months, a year ago. Yeah. And to see something on par, with that in terms of like content and something that was really able to grab your attention for somebody who was in that age group back in the day, you couldn't ask for a better gateway to new stories and growing into bigger and better guy things growing up. Well, and and this is something that we've, we've talked about uh, off mic about OVW or wrestling in general and then especially at that age and that that time period of wrestling is you must have just said okay I get that all like I get He-Man's fake but Macho Man and and Hulk Hogan they're real oh yeah Yeah, (laughs) they they were real as you could get yeah and you know in the beginning you don't know any better if you're nine years old like wow they just hung Ricky Steamboat. Sure. I can't believe what I just saw. Pistol Pez Watley just turned on Jimmy Valiant and cut his beard off. I cannot believe the humanity of what I just saw. I felt so horrible when that happened and felt so bad for Ricky Steamboat when he's you know gasping for air on Saturday morning trying to desperately get out of this harrowing situation. And that is just as, you know, good a drama as anything I ever saw in Eternia or, you know, G.I. Joe headquarters. 
anything like that. And it was even more enhanced because it was real life. And, you know, as far as I knew... He that, was, yeah, yeah, Steamboat was a second away from dying. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, like, so what was, like, the first big angle that you're, like, the first big, like, storyline that you remember seeing? Uh, I don't know whether I remember the first big angle, but WrestleMania 1 was the first thing I actually sat down and watched all the way through. Hogan had just beaten the Iron Sheik for the title. Yeah, so this is 86? Um, uh, right? Right around there. It was one 85, of the last 86. things I did before we moved, so that puts it summer of 85. Okay, Malachi, if I was wrong, go go ahead and edit me that I was right. I don't want to be wrong on this podcast. But, <laughs> but so we're summer 85. What do you see? Like, what's like, what is the igniting moment? Uh... At the time, there was nobody bigger than the Hulkster. I mean, everybody was training, saying their prayers, eating their vitamins, and to see them, you know, main event WrestleMania with Mr. T against Rowdy Roddy Piper and mm-hmm. Paul Orndorff with Cowboy Bob Orton, you know, in their corner, poised to do whatever dastardly thing he was going to try to do as soon as that window of opportunity raised its ugly head and the ref got distracted by something that was that was it that was the biggest of big deals so it's funny that you mentioned that i think that you and my father are probably around the same age and the little bit of wrestling that i was ever exposed to as a child was very pro piper very pro piper yeah my dad was the youngest of of a bunch of kids and I think there was something about just like this little guy um, who could talk and was tough that my dad just was like really attracted to. Um, <laughs> so like the little bit of wrestling that I did get as a child was very pro Piper, but that was not at that time not the popular choice. I mean, Piper. Oh sure. Piper had heat everywhere he went. Oh yeah, he was the man I loved to hate. Yeah. I mean, and that's what made it so good. I mean, in the beginning for me, it was getting drawn into the larger than life heroes. But I learned very quickly that you needed the heels too because mm-hmm. the first and the heel LJN is the heel is a out. the heel is a bad guy. Yeah, the right. bad guy. You have to have the good guys and the bad guys because otherwise the good guys just sit and chill and look yeah what are they doing drinking coffee together yeah they're they're hanging out doing crosswords and stuff but i I didn't really realize that until the first ljns came out Mm -hmm. the big big rubber figures you you want i mean you wanted hulk hogan hulk hogan was nowhere to be found so um hillbilly jim okay who was Kentucky you know, native, Kentucky Hillbilly Jim. Kentucky native, Jim. Hillbilly Jim. And uh, the Iron Sheik. Okay. Who yeah. was just as big a bad guy as anybody back Had then. Had ever been. And was still pissed that Hogan won the belt. And uh, so had to have one or the other. So these people had something to do and they could like beat each other up yeah. in the hallway or down well, the Because the heels are all friends and the, you, know, you, you can't have them fighting each other, right? No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. No. Even, even a unified front for sure. <laughs> And then it was Junkyard Dog. And yeah, love JYD. Who was, who was the second one? 
I'm totally blanking on that. I'm going to have to think about it and get back to it. I still have them all. I still have all my LJNs. Well, and and you've got a a son. You might be able to put him through college on those LJNs now. I couldn't sell them even if I wanted to. And they're some of my favorite childhood toys, my favorite childhood memories, and it was that's probably just as big a thing for me getting into wrestling as anything was having something tangible that I could hold on to that represented the people that I love to watch every Saturday morning. So we come from a couple of different places, but we all ended up at the same thing, is that we love wrestling, we love the squared circle, we love the pageantry, we love the story, and that's why we're here on the OVW podcast. That's right, and we'll be here... As long as they'll have us. As long as they'll have us, that's right. (laughs)